0: I think every company walks out of this crisis with a story and that sort story is either amazing or terrifying. And they're going to have to grapple with that because that story is their brand.
1: Hide your kids, lock the doors. You're listening to HR's most dangerous podcast. Chad Soash and Joel Cheeseman are here to punch the recruiting industry right where it hurts. Complete with breaking news, brash opinion, and loads of snark.
2: Buckle up boys and girls. It's
1: time for the Chad and Cheese Podcast.
2: What's up, boys and girls? You're listening to the Chad and Cheese podcast. I am your co-host, Joel Cheeseman. And I am Chad Sowash. And on today's show, we are honored to have the great, the honorable James Ellis. Who? Employment branding expert on the podcast. (laughs) James, welcome. Get my age on the phone. This is not the podcast I agreed to. (laughs) That's how we get you. So uh, you're in Chicago, right? It's true. I am in Live in Chicago, right? What's 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 the COVID-19 update from Chicago? I don't
0: know. My wife only lets me go out of the house once a day or once a week rather to get groceries. And that's the we hunker down for real. Smart, yeah. Good for you. Good for you. Yeah, though I am making my own homemade masks out of T-shirt sleeves, so that tells you the state of America these days.
2: Nice. nice. So, James, so so for our few listeners who don't know you, give them give them the elevator pitch. Okay. Well, first off, what's your problem exactly? I mean, how how
0: how <laughs> wow, I'm asking
2: Exactly. No, I am uh, James Ellis. I am a
0: self-described employer brand nerd, and I feel pretty confident saying that because if you Google employer brand nerd, I am anywhere from seven to four of the first ten results. So Google ah. says I am, therefore I must be as we all know to be true. Uh, gosh, I run a podcast called The Talent Cast. I have a weekly newsletter called Employer Brand Headlines. I talk about employer brand. I think about employer brand. I write about it and build and launch and sell employer brand stuff. So really, that's all I do.
1: Hell yeah! Did you research the actual keywords for employer brand nerd to know that you could own those words
2: everybody's searching that term oh
0: yeah it's a a hot commodity if i tried to pay for that it would be astronomical no it was (laughs) um it was purely happenstance as is most of my marketing where i just realized I was a nerd about this thing, put it in. And then once I went, Hey, I wonder how hard it is to find me if I type in keywords. And there I was, I went, I guess I own this one now.
1: Let's jump into this real quick because we are hearing left and right from employer brand professionals everywhere that employer brand matters more now than ever. My question is, is employer brand even going to matter after COVID?
0: Yeah, that's a great question. because And it starts with this idea of what the heck is an employer brand. And I always joke that anybody who talks about an employer brand without defining an employer brand is clearly trying to sell you something and doing so by grabbing you by the ankles and shaking <laughs> until the change falls out of your pockets. <laughs> and I don't want to be that guy. I'll happily sell you stuff, but well, it's not today. Joel's um, that guy. Yeah. Yeah. Joel is clearly that guy. Excuse me. Pardon me. Take two. So Joel is not that guy. Um, <laughs> and not pandering at all. So employer brand is this idea that what one person thinks it's like to work at your company based on a myriad of different touch points and experiences. Called into customer service, had a great experience, yay. Um, read a news story that one person sexually harassed another person, boo. Uh, you know, he has the story that the CEO is screaming at an employee, boo. All the stuff that happens, recruiter is a spammer, boo. Recruiter is great, yay. All those things kind of add up into a perception of what it's like to work there. And then you aggregate that amongst all of your talent pool and that's your employer brand. So if that's true, and I'd like to say that it is, not that I invented it or anything, employer brand is a function of what's your culture, what's your leadership, what's your policies, and what's your options, what's competition option set? So if you break those four ideas down, has your culture changed in COVID-19? Well, gosh, I'm sitting in my dining room, you're sitting in your various living rooms, I hope, um, and not the smallest room in your house, because if so, I don't want to be on that podcast, because we know what happens there. Everybody's in a world of hurt. Everybody's on various, you know, teleconferency conversations and phone calls and video chats and all this stuff. And your culture naturally changes because all of the informal touch points around the water cooler, the coffee, the the, the lunch, the pop in on your boss, ask a quick question kind of conversations, hearing when everybody's talking about The Bachelor for whatever reason, or I guess in this case, Tiger King, you know, getting that level of... Is that the secret word. Thank you. Thank you very much. Joe
2: Exotic always gets an applause on okay. this show. Fair enough. Um, I again, employer
0: branding king. You know, so the culture changes. So the employer brand has to take that in account. So if we if you have to ask the question of what happens next, what happens when this is all over? Do we all go back to the office? Should we go back to the office? If we don't, what happens? So the culture is taking some sort of pivot. So it does impact employer brand. Leadership, how did leadership respond to the the, you know, to the, uh, the, the pandemic? Did they say, go back to work and what do you need a mask for? Or do they say, everybody go home, take care of yourself, take care of your families and figure it out, we'll figure it out together. Those things are gonna impact your employer brand to quote one Mark Cuban, who I'm loath generally to quote, it's gonna impact employer brand for for decades. You know, how you responded. A candidate's going to walk up and say, "I'd love to work for you except I have one simple question. What happened when the chips were down? Did you care for your employees or did you not care for your employees?" That's your employer brand.
2: So so Chad wants to leap into a post-COVID world and and I want to I want to have a little bit of context in what we're dealing with, you know, s- 6 months ago and what we're dealing with now because I think I think a lot of people's perception is employment brand manager is a nice to have it's not a must have so i think the perception is you know when the economy is great let's get some employment brand people things are good and then things go in the tank okay we're not hiring so the recruiters are gone the contract recruiters are gone. And I think most people think the next person to go is the employment brand manager. Is that a wrong perception or is it correct? If your sense of employer brand is is just recruitment
0: marketing with a little bit of polish on it, then yeah, probably. If you're not hiring, you don't need that person. That's a completely valid approach. I think it's a wrong approach because I think it's the wrong way of perceiving the value of that person. Mm -hmm. First off, the reason why we needed employer branding was, yes, it was a function of higher competition. The fact that we were competing with more and more companies, more and more places, more and more times, meaning you needed an edge to compete and a brand is a great way to get that edge. If we move into a COVID world where the competition shifts, I don't think the competition goes away. Even if unemployment skyrockets, which let's be fair, is happening right now. Yeah. Yep. Does 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 your need for quality talent change, the fact that it's there doesn't mean you're going to take the the fastest. I mean, recruiting and hiring managers have shown over and over again that even when you bring them three amazing uh, talent candidates, the hiring manager, I don't know, four times out of five says, let's ask for one more person. Maybe there's someone even better out there, right? That's a pretty standard expectation. So employer brand says, there's always better talent to find. So maybe this is a chance for your company to functionally level up at different roles to say, okay, we could have hired a, brought in a B-level candidate. But now with competition being a little different, we might look for an A-level candidate. Maybe we could bring in someone who might work for one of those big companies. But at the same time, I don't think the competition has shifted that way at all because two things happen. One, there are industries that are hiring like absolutely crazy. Pharma, biotech, uh, manufacturing, all these companies that are going to change because of the COVID virus, they're hiring like crazy, which means the competition skyrockets. And the talent hasn't shifted, but the competition has. The other element here is that because we're in a more remote-friendly world, since this is proven to every HR director and hiring manager and, and, and leader that everybody can get great work done from their dining room and living room, maybe they just stop paying rent. Maybe they just close down the office and everybody works from home, or at least a good portion will. Now, what happens there is that person who is now working from home can now work At any company. And suddenly, the number of options they have of where they could work exponentially changes. They could work in Seattle and Florida and Maine and Vegas if they wanted to, if they chose to, which means they can apply to jobs in all around the country, if not all around the world, which means the competition maintains a high level, which means you still have to answer that fundamental question of why should someone apply and what is it like to work there? And that's employer brand in a nutshell.
2: So does the EB manager at Applebee's or Chevron move over to Eli Lilly and Pfizer or do those organizations uh, keep EB managers, but do they focus more on the state of the current uh, employees and the people that are getting fired in terms of keeping uh, a a good state of affairs with them and making sure that Glassdoor doesn't see an influx of tanking reviews? like Does the role change or do they they just go to another company? I think the role does change a little
0: bit, but I think the role has been changing for a long time quietly. So if you think of employer brand as purely a top of the funnel, fill the pipeline kind of role, it's a very limited perspective on what the role can do. If everybody knows why they work somewhere, it changes retention. It changes morale. I, I think that if you really embrace what employer brand can do, you don't see it as a recruiting function. You see it as a corporate function, that marketing of the brand is is marketing's job and comm's job and employer brand's job and investor relations jobs that are all talking about the same brand seen mm-hmm. through different perspectives. And if that's the case, yes, Applebee's – and I think Applebee's is an interesting co- uh, conversation because, yeah, there's going to be a glut of, of, of cooks and wait staff ready to get a job the second they start opening those doors – but again, should you be elevating your talent? Should you be looking for better cooks and better waitstaff? Should you be not be willing to take any high school dropout who's willing to deign to fill out that application and say, great, congratulations, you're a busboy, and now eventually you're going to make be a server? Or are you going to take people who are good at this, who love doing it? At the same time, why do people want to stay there? Because the why people stay there feeds why people want to be there. Here, here's the thing, though.
1: When we have, we just came out of a, a candidate really powered uh, environment where the candidates yeah. really, they, they're the ones with the, the big decisions to make. They want to make the change. They can make the change. Now we're flipping over onto the employer side. And as from a branding standpoint, we were really focused on what user experience, uh, nurturing candidates, being able to to, to really focus on trying to, to create that relationship. And now don't you think that's all going to go away because the employers, they have the power and they only really give a shit. They own, employers only really give a shit. And I'm, I'm talking about the vast majority, not all of them, about the experience when they can't find people, when they can find people, they don't give a fuck. They'll pay them less and they don't care what the experience is. Yeah. Take 30 minutes to fill out the application. Oh, you don't want to do that. Screw you. You're not going to work here because there's (laughs) so much talent out there. Don't you feel like that is what we're going back
0: to, but the talent is out there, but the talent is applying at every company everywhere. So you still have to create an experience as to why. Now, I will quibble, and I will, I think you and I probably agree on this a little bit, that the concept of a candid experience is what you do when you have nothing worth saying. If you have no real good story to tell, you focus on white glove service and speed of application because what the heck, I got nothing else to talk about. I think every company walks out of this crisis with a story, and that story is either amazing or terrifying, and they're going to have to grapple with that because that story is their brand. Candid experience, I don't think is all that important unless you have, you know, a, a crappy story to tell. If you talk about how your, I don't know, your CEO said, everybody has to go to work. What do you need a mask for? There's no lunch breaks anymore. You know, heck, we can even make the joke about God said we had to keep this store open. Um, Hobby Lobby. Thank you. for a good, good catch. Um, th- that's the story. That's going to be their employer brand. And that means certain people are going to say, I'm never going to work here ever again. So you're going to have to get someone to work there. I don't know that we're ever going to get to the point where I don't know maybe it's the point where you can put any idiot in any job and it'll be fine but i don't think that's the case i think companies for the most part value talent on some level even if it's not as high as i would like them even if you know once they look at it deeper they understand how important talent can be i think they will want better talent i think they will use this opportunity to level up who they hire who they bring in because they are still competing against the biggest companies in the world all around the country
1: We'll get back to the interview in a minute. But first, we have a question for Andy Katz, COO of Next. Andy, if a company wants to actually come to Next and utilize your database and target texting candidates, I mean, how does that actually work? Right, so we have the software to provide it two different ways. If an employer has their own database of opted-in text messages, whether it's through their ATS, we can text on their behalf or we have over eight and a half million users that have opted into our text messaging at this point so we can use our own database we can dissect it by obviously by geography by function um any which way some and sometimes we'll even parse the resumes of the opted in people to target certifications so we really can you know dive really deep if they want to hone in on you know just give me the best hundred candidates that I want to text message with and have a conversation back and forth with versus going and saying, I need 30,000 retail people across the country. And that's more of a, you know, yes, no text messaging back and apply. For more information, go to hiring.next.com. Remember that's next with the double X, not the triple X hiring.next.com. Well, here's a great example. Amazon before this did not have a great employer brand. People pissing in trash cans, haptic bracelets, all that, all that shit. Now, during COVID, they're the saviors. They have 10 locations. They have people that are they have employees saying, Hey, we just want to to work in a safe environment. Mm -hmm. What does Amazon do? They stamp that out, they fire the dude, they call him inarticulate. But yet, during this whole thing they've hired 80,000 people in the mm-hmm. snap mm-hmm. of a freaking infinity gauntlet for god's sakes Pretty I much, mean, you would think you would think that If we're we're looking at the employer brand matters conversation, that these guys would have issues trying to fill those positions, but we also have to take a a look at the economic impact. And and my Mm -hmm. question is if a shitty brand, employment brand like Amazon can do this,
0: all these other companies are going
1: to be able to do it too.
0: I think Amazon is a great example, but it tells a slightly different story. Yes, everything you said is factually true. And we can even many of us remember the article that came out in the New York. Times about what a horrible place Amazon corporate was. Everybody was crying at their desks. Everybody's really brutal. Everybody's obsessive, blah, 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 blah. I remember the time talking to someone at Amazon and saying, hey, look, just between you and me, how accurate was that article? And they said, it's 100% accurate. We just frame it differently. We see those things as good things. We see ourselves as the kind of people who push ourselves, which to me says Amazon understands a little bigger picture than just how do i put the butts in the seats. Now to go to your point. Yes, all those things are factually true. Yes, those things there are some there are some horror stories that can, comes out of this process for Amazon. At the same time, without Amazon delivering groceries, many of us more of us would be sick. More of us would be living with our kids going, I don't have a workbook to give my kid to you know to help him or her get through school while we're stuck here. Amazon on some level is also the savior as well as the villain. And so they have a very complicated story they can be telling depending on who they tell it to managing that story being able to i mean think about anybody you've ever dated, they've never been saints. They've always been some good and some bad. And you've had to manage expectations of what's okay? What am I okay with? Are they, am I okay with the snoring in bed? Am I okay with the bad tipping? Am I okay with what am I okay with in this person and still lets me feel like a good person for being with them? These are the kind of complicated relationship-driven conversations Amazon, and let's be fair, every company is about to have, and that's still their employer brand. Employer brand just isn't as simple as what's the poster? What's the tagline? What's the hashtag? What's the social post? It is a deeper, more meaningful conversation because, to be fair, jobs are ways of life. Jobs are how people identify themselves and and think about themselves so they have a level of depth of thought that – What's what? What cereal do I buy? What laundry detergent do I buy? Doesn't ever get into. This
1: feels like an ongoing political campaign where it's a constant spin. Mm. This mm. where's a constant spin for these brands. Where I mean, we have the four year cycle, and obviously we're watching presidential candidates spin the shit that they've laid into. Yep. But this this feels like a political cycle campaign uh, that just is going to continue to have to run.
0: Yeah, and I think there's. It's interesting because. Because in the US, where presidential campaigns are considered, it is usually a split. I pick A or I pick B. I pick this person or I pick that person. Those are my only choices. I'm not gonna throw my vote away on a third party, you know, candidate, so to speak. That's the joke, right? It jobs, there's no A B. There are literally 18 million businesses in North America alone I could apply to. And if you go to any big old job board, I don't have to name any names, and I type in my job title, there are hundreds if not thousands of jobs around the country, many of whom offer remote opportunities I can apply to. And that's where things get more complicated. The competition is much higher. So you do get – like in Europe, where you have small parties and third parties and fourth, you know, these these coalitions of parties that come together to form the governing body. We don't have that same kind of split, though I think the conversation of an ongoing campaign, a perpetually never ending, always evolving, always changing with the times, always, you know, responding to the news is 100% accurate. I
2: think that's really interesting. We're undoubtedly going to lose some people uh, in this profession um, through this this downturn. And in many cases, you know, I've been to, I've been through two of these Professionally, And a lot of the recruiters that recruited don't come back to recruiting. Mm-hmm. Uh, they go sell software or, or something else. Um, do the people who get laid off come back to employment brand? Do they try to get a job in marketing? Do they go do something totally different? Are the jobs there uh, in six months to a year? Like sort of what's your take on the unemployed? Being an employer
0: brand person is a job only insane people take. And I number myself among those numbers because I can't think of another job in which, you have the entire company on your shoulders, right? What the leader does, what the customer service does, what the product selection is, what the marketing campaigns are, who you hire, how you hire, the candidate experience, the recruiters, all of that stuff impacts the employer brand, which you are ostensibly owning. However, you have no control to change any of those things. At best, you can be an influencer for those things. Those are some really weird skill sets that Mm -hmm. are going to play in a lot of different places. I think there are opportunities to move to marketing. I think there are opportunities to move to other spaces. But I think employer brand is still a weird, insular, incestual, we all know each other, we all understand where the jobs are, we look, uh, we're a club. And once you get into it, it's it's possible to find new opportunities. The trick is, it's the people who were junior recruiters who had a quote-unquote flair for marketing who are, who are elevated to employer brand specialists to run the event and maybe tweet occasionally, those yep. people are not coming back because they were never really in it and of it. They were just doing the job they were given. And I get that. And it's a valid way of lo- of seeing new roles and that's the way it should be. But I don't think they're the people. Um, maybe one out of 10 come back because they found a, a way to fall in love with it. Don't
1: you feel like this is really employer brands opportunity, their window? Yes. To be able to focus on, on business and how this mm. experience in everything that employer brand does internally from a retention standpoint, externally from a candidate, not to mention also touching all of those customers to be able to bring a business case and business terms to the C-suite to say, hey, in a crisis, this is exactly why you need
0: prove value. Yeah, exactly. And we've seen that case for a while in bits and pieces here and there, you know, Wells Fargo, after they get sued into the ground, what's the first thing they do for the marketing campaign, meet the tellers who'd had nothing to do with, you know, screwing you out of a whole lot of money and making a, a bunch of accounts. These yeah. are the people with the jobs, Employ- you know, Papa John's, he's a schmuck. Great. Let me show you the people who own the franchises. These are the good people who are bringing you pizza. Employer brand has been the go-to crisis PR move for four or five years now. We just never really labeled it as such. And now as more companies see that and can understand how to tap into that, they absolutely will. And there is a very clear business case of how you can do that. But I think the real opportunity, and I think- this is, I'm starting to see it in places, is seeing the brand as a holistic idea, not as this is the part that's owned by marketing. That's the part that's owned by comms. That's the part that's owned by recruiting. It is one brand. And to be fair, businesses need to mature to be able to understand and grapple with the conversations around that. They can't just jump to that. They can't say, great, we got a holistic brand. Yay. It's got to be you got to get your butt kicked. you got to do things wrong. You've got to figure out how to see employer brand beyond putting butts in seats and filling a pipeline. It's got to be about how do I make the case that how a person does their job is a reason why people buy the products. Marketing loves that once they realize that, and they love to jump in on that. So I think you're 100% right. This is the chance for smart brands to say, if I take this a little more holistically, there's a huge opportunity to market both the products and the talent that, that creates the products at the same time.
2: Very cool. So uh, we have a lot of vendors and solutions providers that listen to our podcast. And right now there are a lot of them uh, that service the employment brand community. Um, There's some software, obviously, video, agency-wise. So just like employment branding is sometimes a nice-to-have, the products around employment branding are nice-to-haves as well, and those are going to get cut. So if if you were able to put your vendor hat on what would you be pivoting to? How would you be changing? What businesses are, are most at risk um, in this environment? So I, I'm a deeply cynical, black-hearted human being. I think you all know me well enough to know to say
0: that that's 100% true. Thank you. Thank you so much. Join the club. I appreciate the yeah, uh, studio the audience here. That's really nice to you put that together. Yeah, no problem. I, I, I'm a cynical bastard, no question. And I think that people spend money when they have no idea what to say. That, that the vendors are often a crutch for some ideas. That if, but if you have a vendor who can help you understand what makes you different, what makes you special, who can co- put together a, a holistic, a com- comprehensive uh, idea of why people should want to work for you. And you know, I talk to lots of companies who say things like, ah, the reason why people should work for us is because we're innovative and we make an impact. And I say, okay, great. Let me show you the top 10 companies in your industry and they all say the exact same thing. So explain to me how you can differentiate on that. If you have a smart message, the channel selection, the software, the tools, the marketing campaign on top of it, I'm not going to say it's not useful. I'm simply saying a smart, well-understood, well-defined message is the beginning of everything. And if I have no money at all, I focus on my message and how to get it out organically. And then as I get any money or any vendor budget whatsoever, I figure out how to amplify that message. But it starts on what makes you special? What makes you different? How do you tell that story? And maybe it's because I come from a content marketing background that I think that way, that money is secondary, the budget is secondary. That's how I approach it. So I think there's plenty of like every, every vendor who tells you that they are the employer brand solution is lying to you. They are a employer brand. I think uh, Glassdoor spent a lot of money and a lot of time trying to tell everybody in the business that your rating was your Glass was your employer brand score. And I think we've all gotten yeah we've all gotten pretty wise to that. That's not completely true. In fact, they actually have gotten wise to that. They're not talking about that anymore. Anybody who tries to c- c- position employer brand as a thing is not right. Anybody who says this is a way to push your message to a given audience and you, that's the exact audience you want to reach, great. Spend the money there. In terms of you know how you do it and what companies are going to be best positioned to, to do great work, I couldn't tell you. I think it's about, you're definitely going to see some consolidation. I think there are probably way too many players in the space right now, all kind of scrambling for what seemed to be a lot of uh, recruitment marketing budget last year. Back when there was a lot of budget, there's not going to be the same kinds of budget. So, it's going to be a focus on why, who, who are you, what's the message, and, and the core baseline stuff.
1: Well, James the reason why this show is so special is because we have special guys like you on answering by, the hard questions just like James. This.
0: and by special you mean on the short butts that's valid too
1: yeah I, don't, yeah, I don't know that you're supposed to say that anymore. But is, that, okay. is, is that not cool? I don't know. <laughs> it's funny. I
2: didn't say it.
1: <laughs> That's usually reserved for achievement comment.
2: we got to have James on as a guest way more often. <laughs> you, gotta, you equated me with Joel. Oh, I feel bad. I,
0: you're right. I've made a mistake. I've made a horrible mistake. That, my apologies. All of our listeners who
1: they they they're not subscribed to the talent cast and they want to learn more about James Ellis and all this cool shit that you do where would they find you
0: so the talent cast is the talentcast.com or anywhere you get podcasts and the newsletter that comes out every monday morning is called employerbrand.news feel free to subscribe it's a kind of a no pitch zone it's really about how do i help the industry and people in it stay smart by distilling lots of news stories into a 5 minute read really that's what it's all about so that's probably the best way otherwise i'm on linkedin twitter blah 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 James Ellis, everybody. Thanks, everybody. Thanks, guys.
1: Excellent, dude. Thanks for joining us. Thanks, guys. We out. out. This has been the Chad and Cheese Podcast. Subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, or wherever you get your podcasts so you don't miss a single show. And be sure to check out our sponsors because they make it all possible. For more, visit ChadCheese.com. Oh, yeah. You're welcome.